Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Wow, wow, wow. Well, God's in the house today. His Spirit is here. As we were worshiping, I just felt an open heaven. I just felt, wow, there's some miracles happening today in this house of changed lives. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. If you've got a broken heart, and that can be for all sorts of reasons, He's come to bring healing as you reach out to receive it. You've got to join your faith with God's Word. Some are being disappointed. You know what the word disappointment means? Dis means without, which means when you're disappointed, it feels like you're without appointment and you don't know what your purpose and where you're going. But I've learned that when you're in place of disappointment, if you reach up to Jesus, He turns it around and makes a new appointment for your life. Oh. If any of those words relate to you, just reach up to heaven right now. Healing of broken hearts. That can be in relationships. It can be disappointment over something you believe for and hasn't happened yet. It can be what other people have said or done. Be trauma over our souls. But let me tell you, the Spirit of God is very powerful and He is here bringing healing of broken hearts and setting captives free. There are people here and your health has faded or you are believing for something to happen in business and it hasn't happened yet. In fact, it's gone reverse. But the Spirit of God is speaking a word of faith today that I can turn that around and I am the one who heals the broken hearts and sets the captives free. Go on, reach up to heaven right now. Father, I believe your word is true. Lord, your spoken prophetic word is true. And we declare right now healing over broken hearts. Lord, fresh appointment for those that have had disappointment, rob and steal from their life. Lord, I thank you that you've come to bring life and life more abundantly. Today, speak a fresh word in people's hearts, Lord. Give them a fresh vision. Let the Scriptures, the promises come alive again. God, you haven't forgotten them. They're your sons and your daughters. And Father, you will make a way. You're already making a way. And even though we can't see it yet, it's coming. Lord, faith says it's coming. Hope believes it's coming. And I pray today, hope stirred again in the name of Jesus. God, right now, lift off the heaviness. Lord, lift off the disappointment. Lord, lift their eyes to see that you are their hope in Jesus' name. Oh, every scheme of the enemy that's come to rob and steal from right now, we break its power and we declare freedom in Jesus' name. I release freedom over people's hearts right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, we declare it right now. Come on, lift your voice in thanksgiving right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are our storer. You're the, you're the God of faith. Oh, we have faith. We partner with you today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We declare that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, oh God, oh God. Some of you look at photos of family or situations that once were and it brings grief. But for some of you, you're going to look at the same photos and hope and faith is now going to arise instead of disappointment. Wow, that's an interesting word. Oh God, only you can do that because you change our perspective. Thank you, Jesus. 
One more thing. There are some people here, you've had a hole, physical hole in your heart or a heart that's not beating in right rhythm or there's something with a heart condition over you and God wants to bring a healing breakthrough. Who's that today? You've either got, you know you've got a hole in your heart or there's a, a heart rhythm that's out of order or it's going too fast or something and some of you it even misses a beat every now and then. The doctors have done all they can to help and they've been supportive but it needs the miracle hand of Jesus. Go on, lift your hand up on high. Now folks, turn around and find someone that's got their hand raised. I've, this word has come really clear to me today and I believe there's, a miracle, there's miracles in the house. Things are going to shift. Come on, I want you to reach out in faith right now. Come on, will you declare the name of Jesus today? Come on, reach out in faith. Don't just pray a prayer of hope. Declare in faith in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare in Jesus' name, we release your healing power right now as you walk up and down these aisles. God, we release your healing power, bringing that heart into right order. Lord, that hole in the heart that at times has caused weakness over their body. There's someone here and you have weakness in your right or left arm and it's a result of not enough blood flow getting through your heart. We declare in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare those veins. Lord, we declare those arteries would flow freely with your life-giving blood in Jesus' name. God, right now, we turn around. We turn around. We turn it around in Jesus' name and we declare by faith your miracle power in people's physical hearts. Lord, from this day on, they will see a change. They'll feel more energy. Next time they go back for a checkup, there'll be some significant shifts. Come on, you've got to partner with the Word of God. You've got to partner with it. We receive that by faith in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Let's give Him a shout of praise today. Woo! Wow, let's give someone a high five and let's take our seats. <clears throat> wow, God is good. Mary Lynn sends a love. Her and Coralie went to a seminar on the Gold Coast yesterday and had an amazing time on, on healing and uh, being set free. So uh, she'll come and share more about that. Also, we're off to our state conference this week. The pastor and leaders, over a thousand pastor and leaders from all across Queensland and Northern Territory, from all sorts of amazing churches, from out bush and up north and up on the Torres Strait Islands and in Northern Territory and all the cities in between. And we're going to believe for an amazing, amazing. Banning from Jesus Culture is going to be there speaking. And uh, Stacy, one of the prophets from. Numa Church in Melbourne, where Matt and I went a few weeks ago, she's going to be speaking. We're going to have an amazing time. So just believe with us. Okay, I bought my stick today. As soon as I raise that, some of you have all sorts of interesting memories, don't you? Some of you just got triggered. <laughs> uh oh, we'll have to have a big long healing altar call at the end of this. <laughs> But it's not what you think. I'll read the scripture, then you'll get it. 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 10. <clears throat> I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as day and night I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, 
and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Another version says to stir up the gift of God within you. So I got my stirring stick today to stir us up in what God's called us to do. It says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel. Well, that's a bit of a challenging prayer, eh? By the power of God, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. The grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Wow, that's the gospel that we serve. That's why people are getting baptised today, because Christ has turned their lives around. And that's why we come to church and worship. We could be down the beach, we could be sleeping in, but no, we've come to meet with Jesus who has changed our lives and we worship him, the holy God, the one one who we honour, because he's changed our lives. He's given us eternal life. This week I went to Wendy Piper's mum's funeral. She was 102. Jean, beautiful lady, and she'd served and loved Jesus. There was five generations there of people honouring God. I thought, wow, what what a heritage. So no matter what age we are, we need to live our lives passionately. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 in the Amplified says... This is why I remind you to fan into flame the precious gift of God, that inner fire, the special endowment which is in you through the laying out of my hands and those of the elders at your ordination. He's, he's writing to Timothy, who is a pastor of a church, a young man who is pastoring a great church. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love, and of sound judgment, and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind, and self-control. Okay, so we have any battles in our minds? Self-control, discipline, love? The answer's in here. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So when fear is ruling your life, it is not from God. It's out of your own our soul or anxieties it's from the pit of hell it's a learnt behavior response God says hey that's not from me and he wants us to live above that we all face fears we all face battles and anxieties but you don't have to let it rule you you don't have to let it control you the passion version says I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands on you. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love and self-control. Wow. So all those who struggle with self-control, with anger, with addictions, with eating too much food or the wrong food, chasing after things that are not healthy for your 
spirit, soul, or body. The Bible says, hey, the Holy Spirit's come to help you live with self-control, freedom, blessing, and favor. So it says to stir up. When you're making a cake, bread or anything, you need something to stir up the ingredients to get them all together. And if you... I, my mum used to make lots of stuff and Mary Lynn's a great cook as well. And when they're baking or cooking and they get distracted halfway through the process, guess what? Disaster's around the corner. Because if you don't keep stirring it or moving it or adding the ingredients in the right way at right time, guess what? It's going to be a disaster of some form or another. Many of us start out in our spiritual journey with excitement and faith but the Apostle Paul says, hey, you've got to keep stirring up what I've put within you. The Spirit of God comes and we pray for Spirit of Revival and He comes and stirs up and, and stirs our passion for worship and prayer and serving. He does that. But the Apostle Paul said to Tim, you've got to stir it up as well. You've got to choose every day to stir up what I've put within you. <coughs> Otherwise, it'll become dormant. Some ingredients, if you put them together and you don't keep stirring, they just become hard as a rock. Instead of scones, you've got rock cakes. Who's tried to make it? All had some rock cake. Hey, some things just go gooey and they're no good anymore because they weren't kept stirring. And some of our hearts and lives can get very boring, complacent, Sometimes nowhere near as useful as they should be because we've just settled and become complacent and haven't stirred it up. I remember a Pastor Mari Cartledge was here a few weeks ago and her husband, Pastor David Cartledge, was our state president for many years and a great prophetic apostolic man of God. And he was the one who had the vision for Alpha Crucis to become the first Christian university in Australia about 20 years ago. They're one step away from becoming the first spirit-filled university in Australia. And keep praying, we're nearly there. It's been a 20-year journey. He had the vision for it decades ago. I remember he had a, a prophecy over Marilyn and I when we were pastoring a church at Budrum, which was a small church then, which is now Calvary Church, that's got thousands of people there. And that's where we have our state conference and we were pastoring that church when it was only small. I remember Pastor Cartledge came in to do an opening of our building when we'd taken over a squash courts and turned it into a church. And he gets up and starts prophesying. It was very powerful and exciting. And then he says, don't settle. Just keep getting stirred up. He didn't just say it once or twice or three. He said it six times in the prophecy. So Marilyn and I, we've always thought we've got to keep stirring up what God's put within us. And no matter where you're at in your journey of life today, or maybe you're watching online, I want to encourage you, stir up the gift that God's put within you. You've got to choose to position yourself where the Spirit of God can do it. It means coming to church. It means in prayer. It means getting involved in a ministry group. You are positioning yourself where God will stir up His part, but you've got to stir it up every day. Stir it up by His Spirit. Just this last week I was reading this and we often vote, quote verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love and sinner. And most of us know that verse off by heart. But we forget that the Bible always flows in context. 
So verse 7 will only work fully if you're doing verse 5 and 6. We conveniently love to pull scriptures out and God will work in any way by his spirit through the living powerful word. But it works even better if you do verse 5 and 6 as well. What's verse 5 say? It says about that the faith that's in you from your grandmother and your mother. And if there's any godly heritage there, don't settle and become complacent. Because sometimes the second and third generations just get really comfortable. But God says, come on, stir it up. Break through. If you've got godly heritage in parents and grandparents, stir it up. Don't just become comfortable and say, God, thank you for that, that I was, had some Christian input in my life. If you didn't have Christian input and you're the first one in your family or your generation, hey, you've got a privilege to start the godly generations. So don't live with disappointment. Say, God, thank you for rescuing me from a family that's not knowing you and by your spirit, I'm going to become a leader. I'm going to keep stirring this up so it it touches so many people's lives. And then verse 6 says to fan into flame or stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of hands. So if you want to have verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind, you need to do verse 6. Stir up the gift of God. Don't become complacent or lazy. Stir up your heart to pray. If God says, come on, I want you to spend more time with me over these next weeks or months. If you don't stir yourself up and get out of that bed, if you don't turn the telly off and start to give yourself time, if you don't hang out with the right crowd, you are not stirring it up, you're becoming complacent and letting it settle. And we want revival, but let me tell you, as Peter said today, revival starts in all of our hearts. And this is a promise here to stir up the gift of God that's within you. When you're born again by the Spirit of God, people have prayed over you. And, and you're a part of groups and the Alpha Group had an amazing weekend last weekend. And, and we've got people on discipleship journeys and transformations and in all of our steps of growth. But you've got to keep positioning yourself and stirring it up. Otherwise, it's so easy to get comfortable and settled. Going on a mission trip is a great way to stir up your life. Joining a team and starting to serve instead of just receiving is a great way. But there are seasons of that in our lives. So I want to encourage you, stir up the gift of God. How do we do it? Number one, obviously through prayer. Every time you pray, you're stirring up your spirit in God. You can't pray and not get changed. Often we'll pray out of desperation, God help my relative who's seriously ill. But what happens when you pray, you get changed because your faith grows. You're saying, God, I'm believing. All of a sudden you move from cruising along to stepping out and believing in faith. So whenever you pray, guess what? You change. God will change other people, but prayer causes you to change and in your stirring up, the gift of God in your life. One, uh, Ephesians 6.18, Paul said, pray at all times in the Spirit. Pray with all kinds of prayers, supplications, intercession, cries of faith. I've been filled with the Spirit now for well over 40 years and I pray in that heavenly language and every time I do, it stirs up my spirit. I can be a bit tired, discouraged, overwhelmed, afraid of how it's going to go. I start praying in the Spirit. Within minutes, my faith gets stirred up and anything's possible again. It's not a magic cure, but I'm just choosing to stir up what God's already put within me. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in that heavenly language every day. Stir up the gift of God. Get together with other people and pray because when you start to pray, something breaks loose. 
Um, I'm part of a prayer group here on Friday mornings from 7 till 8. And I love coming. I love Friday mornings. I just can't wait to get out of bed and get here on Friday mornings. Because I know I'm going to leave charged up, stirred up, fired up after an hour of prayer, doing some testimonies and then seeking God, a bit of worship and praying. And many of you are involved in all sorts of groups. Prayer partners, you've got to keep stirring up your faith and prayer is a great way to do it. 1 Corinthians 4.14 says, The one who speaks in tongues edifies himself. When you pray in the Spirit, you get stirred up and edified. Praise and worship will always stir up your faith. That's why we sing so much. I've had people come to our church and say, how come you sing so many songs? Or how come you sing the same song ten times? I come from a church where we sang it once. I said, that's okay. We sing it sometimes ten times because we know it takes about the eighth time before we've got our spirit and everything engaged, really believe in what we're singing. Because we're humans and we can easily just sing words and pray prayers and it takes sometimes a while for us to get our spirit, mind, heart, body, focus all in line and then we start to see God's blessing and power and breakthrough in our lives. If we're all really fired up, we'd only have to sing it once and we'd be all on our faces before God worshipping. But we're humans and we've got stuff going on in our lives and so that's why we sing. Because we want to worship. And worship is not just singing. It's an attitude of heart. It's a surrender. It's walking the beach and just enjoying God's amazing creation and saying, God, I just thank you for your love that fills my heart. It's lying on your bed at night before you go to sleep saying, thank you, Lord, for your grace today. Thank you for your goodness. Worship releases something in our hearts. God inhabits the praise of his people. That's a good enough reason for me. If I want to know God's presence, just start praising and worshiping. It says he comes. He's there all the time, but you become aware of him when we worship. It says faith. You've got to stir up the gifts by faith. They'll put on you. So we've got prayer, praise and worship, and faith. You stir up the gift of God by faith. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Anything we do for God, it always takes faith. Any of the musicians and singers are all gifted, but it takes faith every Sunday to get up here and lead us in worship. If you're leading a connect group or you're part of some area of service, it, there's an element of faith every time you step up to do something for God. Matt and the youth team, there's always faith. Our kids' church and all the, everyone who serves in some way, it takes faith. Every time you go and share Jesus with someone who doesn't yet know Jesus, it takes faith because you don't know what response you're going to get. Every time God stirs you up to go and pray for someone that's sick, it takes faith to take that step. I want to encourage you, don't settle where you are. Keep taking steps of faith. Keep stirring up the gift. If you've been called to be a business person that uh, makes money for the, fam the kingdom of God and blesses and employs lots of people, that takes faith every day to keep showing up and doing it. But do it because it's the gift of God on your life. If you're creative with art or writing or, or writing songs or doing artistic things, stir up the gift. Some of you are creative and it's so easy to let that creative thing just settle for a year or two because life's too busy or you just haven't felt that stirring well as long as you've got to stir it up 
How do you stir it up? Get around some other creative people. They'll stir you up real fast. I don't feel like praying. Well, just get for some people that they can't stop praying and before long you'll be right in the middle of it. Stir up your creative juices by getting with people who love to create and design and make. You say, well, I'm not sure how to pray for the sick. Well, get with someone who does and let it rub off on you. That's how I learned. I just hung out with people and whenever there was an evangelist or someone moving in the spirit, I'd be the catcher and I'd be as close as I could to the action because I just said, God, some of it must rub off on me. If I stay hanging around here long enough... But I'd listen and hear the way they moved in faith. I said, God, if he, you can do it through them, you can do it through me. And that's how I learned. I just positioned myself. I was the first one here and the last one to leave because I didn't want to miss anything of what God was up to. And I've done that all my life. And there's been occasion I thought, oh boy, that's a bit tiring. I thought, no, get in the flow. Hang in there because God will teach us on his earth. So stir up the gifts by faith. The fourth one, you've got to take God's promises and don't let them go. God's living word, his logos, which is the written word, and the rhema, which is the inspired word. God will work with the written word. All scripture is inspired of God. But sometimes you're reading a verse and all of a sudden it jumps off the page, your spirit gets quickened, it becomes a rhema, an inspired and empowered word. And it says faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. That's the rhema word of God. I want to encourage you, take a hold of those promises. Pull out your, your diaries or your notebooks and write out again those promises that God's given you. Don't leave them dormant. And lastly, activate our God-given gifts by serving others. If you've got a gift, just use it. If you're administratively, just use it. If you've got a creative juice, find a spot to use it. If you're a leader... Say, God, where should I be leading? Ask God to show you, to use it. Because if you don't, it'll become dormant. You'll get frustrated. The most frustrated people I meet are people that have a call of God in their life, but for whatever reason, they haven't done it. Or they did for a while, they got hurt, disappointed, discouraged. Listen to other people's criticisms and they stop doing it and they are the most frustrated people I know on earth. Don't be, don't be a cranky person. What's that movie that came out years ago? Grumpy Old Men or whatever it was. <laughs> don't be one of them. Don't have to be old to be grumpy. I've met some young people that are just a pain. <laughs> don't be that. Let's bring life. Let's, let's have hope and passion and stir up the gift of God. Do what God's called you to do and let me tell you, there'll be energy Peter loves fishing. You can be tired, but if fishing's on, you're up at four in the morning, ready to go. Some people love shopping or creating stuff or visiting places, and you can be really tired or had a hectic week. Oh no, we're gone. Some of you like hitting the op shops. Mate, you've got heaps of energy for that. It's amazing. What will stir up your passion and your heart and as soon as you do, energy is released. Before you felt tired, all of a sudden you've got energy to go and fishing for four hours or ten hours, whether you catch some or not. Some of you just love going hiking or camping and just the thought of doing it gets you energised. Some of you love prayer or serving God or worshipping, playing your instrument. When you do what God's given you to do, let me tell you, energy is released. 
passion and enthusiasm comes. And all of a sudden, you're a fun person to be around. Everyone else wants to hang around you instead of being grumpy and annoying to everyone. Let's stir up the gift. Get the stirrer out and stir it up in your hearts and your lives. I want you to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Thermostats set the temperature. Thermometers just can tell you what the temperature is and often they're complaining because it's too hot or too cold. Be a thermostat and set the atmosphere in your family or home. Set the atmosphere in your group. Set the atmosphere in our city. Whenever I hear someone complaining about Harvey Bay, mate, I get fired up. What do you mean? This is an amazing place to live. Yep, we've got a few challenges, but look at all these amazing things. I go to Chamber of Commerce and, and sometimes I just get really stirred up with people when they say, oh, things are tough. I said, yeah, they may be, but what about this, this, this and this? I just, I just can't stand when people tear down or just focus on the negatives and fear is ruling their heart and their confession. Come on, let's get... God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Come on, let's, let's change our confession. Let's stir it up. Come on, stir it. You've got to choose to stir it up. This is a great time to be alive. Is it challenging? Yes, but it's a great time to be alive in God's purpose. We're moving into a season of breakthrough, revival, transformation, lots of people coming to Christ and getting baptised. These are the most exciting days to be alive, but you've got to choose to believe it and stir it up. Stir it up today. Get whatever story you need. If you're not naturally a leader and a highly motivated person, get someone who is, that texts you every day, say, what are you up to today? Get some way, get someone else to help stir you up until you learn how to do it yourself. Oh God, stir it up in our hearts and our lives. God is omnipresent, he's everywhere. He's everywhere present at the same time, but we aren't always aware of his presence. When we praise and worship and pray, we're made aware of his tangible presence. We change and purify atmospheres when we worship God and our spirits are awakened when we worship and praise our God. Something happens. Ephesians 3.16 says, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit. Himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love which is the breadth and length and height and depth of it that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all of your being until all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. My, that sounds like a pretty exciting way to live and that's what Christians and the church is meant to live in. 
So yeah, but times are tough. Yes, but internally, you can be overflowing with God's presence, even in the midst of difficult times of suffering and pain. It's an inside job God's on about. And as we do that, it changes the atmosphere around us. And some of you are brilliant at that. Others of us are still learning how to do that. God wants to dwell with us, not just visit or have encounters with us. Wow. I love visits and encounters with God, but I love it when I'm just aware that he's dwelling in me and out of my innermost being is flowing all the rivers that are necessary. He lives in us and he does come upon us when you need empowering for a certain role or situation. Psalm 91.1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. Wow. People say, oh, the enemy's just been after me and harassing me. There are seasons of attack, but get into God's presence. Be under the shadow of his power because no enemy can penetrate or steal from you there. It says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust with great confidence and on whom I rely. Just to wrap it up today, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit gives us power, love and a sound mind. There's three, three warnings in scripture about the Holy Spirit. Number one is don't quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Wow, so you don't have to actually say, well, I don't believe that's the Holy Spirit. It's when you just don't respond when he's nudging to you, you are quenching the Spirit. Whoa. The big sticks come out now. <laughs> don't quench the Holy Spirit. I've done it at times and I never feel good afterwards. But whenever I respond, I feel great joy and peace and love but when I've just been tired or thinking oh mate not one more person I don't know if I can pray for one more God says just I will flow through you don't let your natural mind or body dictate what you do and don't do because I've got more than enough and I'll never forget evangel I heard when I was a young person he was in a church and this guy that had some mental or physical disabilities used to come up every service for prayer at the end of every service. No matter what he preached about or what the altar call was, he just came up. And one day this evangel, he was a great man of God, he says, God, do I have to pray for him again? He comes every Sunday. And the Holy Spirit rebuked him as loud as he could and says, don't you ever stop praying for him. Whose anointing is it? And only I know what's going on in that person's heart and soul. So don't you ever withhold because your reasoning thinks this is a waste of time. Never forgotten that. I said, God, don't let me ever slip into that natural thinking again. Because out of your most beings will flow rivers of living water. And yet there are natural issues that we need to walk with. But sometimes we settle for way less. The second one is don't resist the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh. Acts 7.51. I haven't written it all out, but Apostle Paul challenged some of the um, people and they said, you stiff-necked people. 
Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your answers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Mate, Paul didn't muck around there, did he? <laughs> Sometimes we actually resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Say, come on, you need to walk away from that group of people and connect with this group. Oh, but they're good friends. If God's telling you to walk away, you need to walk away because he's got a much greater purpose in it. He says, you need to reach out for these people. Oh, I don't know how to connect with them. If the Holy Spirit's saying, do it, don't resist him. Do it and you'll see the favour of God. And the third one is, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So we've got quench, resist and grieve. They're different words. Ephesians 4.30. This is a great message until we got to this part, eh? Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please him, by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. Wow. So God says don't quench, resist or grieve the Holy Spirit. But what's it say? It says to be led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So let's be responsive, be led by the Holy Spirit and his word, stir up the gift within us and let's not be Quenching, resisting, or grieving the Holy Spirit. God's so gracious, he will come and draw us. Sometimes we resist because we just are afraid or don't know how to do it. God's very patient and great. He'll just keep coming a different angle. He'll send someone else to explain how to do it. God's so, so loving and faithful. But I believe God's wanting us to stir up, to rise up in the Spirit. As the worship team comes, let's just re-go, go back to that verse we started with, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. How do you overcome fear? By faith in God, trusting Him and His living promises, and God's perfect love drives out fear. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 1 John 4.18. If you battle with fear a lot in your life, Here's your verse today to take home. 1 John 4, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist for full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. Whoa. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so... He who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. That's a really powerful but challenging verse. When I was afraid, I used to pray for courage. Now I pray for more, more love. For God's perfect love drives out fear. When I know I'm saturated in God's love, fear has no place in my mind or heart. When I feel totally safe, it's like a child and there's a terrible storm and the child... Um, runs into mum or dad's bedroom or goes and connects with them, they feel totally safe when they're with that parent or grandparent. Because you know you're loved and it's safe. God's love is like that for you and I. 
When you are fully embracing, responding, receiving his love, let me tell you, fear has no place to rule or control your life. And I want to leave that verse with you today. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and sound mind. God's perfect love drives out fear. So whatever area you wrestle with in fear, we all have different ones from time to time. I want you to take that and say, God, fill me with such an awareness of your love that fear has no place to control me or drive me anymore. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let's stand together. God spoke to Joshua and said, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God be with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Take a deep breath. We're going to finish in a moment. Have time for a cup and then off to the baptism. But before we do, I just want to pray for people here today. And what's God's challenging you to stir up in your life? Maybe you've just settled because some of your family aren't Christians and so you, you've just pulled back a little bit on your passion for prayer and, and stepping out in God. We need to be wise. And I know some families that when the unsaved rallies come, they don't say grace. I said, hey, if you don't say grace when the unsaved rallies come, you are telling them that your faith's not very important. See, we let fear, or what people are going to say, pull us back. So when unsaved rallies come, they know we're still going to say grace and take a moment to thank God for this food. I don't do it and make a big religious thing of it. But if I don't do it, I'm telling them the message that this is not really important in my life. I'll go one step further. Sometimes when we have unsaved rallies around... We think, oh, I just won't go to church this Sunday. When unsaved rallies come, they know I'm in church because that's really important for me. And I'm not going to let their fear of upsetting them hold me back from being in church. Now, I use wisdom with that. I'll give extra time before and after. I'm sensitive to it. But Marilyn and I have determined my faith's important so other people need to know that. And don't let fear hinder you from having Jesus at the centre of your life. Because if you are passionate about it, that will challenge their life more than being compromising. Whoa. That's not in my sermon notes. But sometimes, you see how fear can just slowly rob us from stuff. And God says, hey, come on, just live passionately for me. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. What area do you need to stir up today? What area maybe, it mightn't be a constant fear, but it might be something that robs you from time to time. Saying, God, by your spirit, I'm going to let you stir me up and I'm going to stir it up in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basechristianchurch. Christian Church.